Chapter 8, Organizing and Outlining Chapter Objectives After reading this chapter, you should be able to 1. Select a topic appropriate to the audience and occasion 2. Formulate a specific purpose that identifies precisely what you will do in your speech 3. Craft a thesis statement that clearly and succinctly summarizes the argument you will make in your speech 4. Identify and arrange the main points of your speech according to one of the many organizational styles discussed in this chapter. 5. Connect the points of, uh, of your speech to one another. And 6. Create a preparation and speaking outline for your speech. Introduction Meg jaunted to the front of the classroom, her trusty index cards in one hand and her water bottle in the other. It was the midterm presentation in her etymology class, a course she enjoyed more than any other classes. The night before, Meg had spent hours scouring the web for information on the woody adelage, an insect that has ravaged the hemlock tree populations in the United States in recent years. But when she made it to the podium and finished her well-written and captivating introduction, her speech began to fall apart. Her index cards were a jumble of unorganized information not linked together by any unifying theme or purpose. As she stumbled through the list of facts, Meg, along with her peers and instructor, quickly realized that her presentation had all the necessary parts to be compelling, but that those parts were not organized into a coherent and convincing speech. Giving a speech or presentation can be a daunting task for anyone especially the inexperienced public speakers or students in introductory speech courses. Speaking to an audience can also be a rewarding experience for speakers who are willing to put in the extra effort needed to craft rhetorical masterpieces. Indeed, speeches and presentations must be crafted. Such a design requires that speakers do a great deal of preparatory work, like selecting a specific topic and deciding on a particular purpose for their speech. Once the topic and purpose have been decided on, a thesis statement can be prepared. After these things are established, speakers must select the main points of their speech, which should be organized in a way that illuminates the speaker's perspective, research agenda, or solution to a problem. In a nutshell, effective public speeches are focused on particular topics and contain one or two main points that are relevant to both the topic and the audience. For all of these components to come together convincingly, organizing and outlining must be done prior to giving a speech. This chapter addresses a variety of strategies needed to craft the body of public speeches. This chapter begins at the initial stages of speech writing, selecting an important and relevant topic for your audience. The more difficult task of formulating a purpose statement is discussed next. A purpose statement drives the organization of the speech since different purposes, example, informational or persuasive, necessitate different types of evidence and presentational styles. Next, the chapter offers a variety of organizational strategies for the body of your speech. Not every strategy will be appropriate for every speech, so the strengths and weaknesses of the organizational styles are also addressed. The chapter then discusses ways to connect your main points and draws links between your main points and the purpose you have chosen. In the final section of this chapter, one of the most important steps in speech writing, outlining your speech, is discussed. 
The chapter provides the correct format for outlines as well as information on how to write a preparation outline and a speaking outline. The topic, purpose statement, and thesis. Before any work can be done on crafting the body of your speech or presentation, you must first do some prep work, selecting a topic, formulating a purpose statement, and crafting a thesis statement. In doing so, you lay the foundation for your speech by making important decisions about what you will speak about and for what purpose you will speak. These decisions will influence and guide the entire speech writing process, so it is wise to think carefully and critically before beginning these stages. Selecting a topic. Generally, speakers focus on one or more interrelated topics, relatively broad concepts, ideas, or problems that are relevant for particular audiences. The most common way that speakers discover their topics is by simply observing what's happening around them at their school, in their local government, or around the world. This is because all speeches are brought into existence as a result of these circumstances. The multiplicity of activities going on at any one given moment in a particular place. For instance, presidential candidates craft short policy speeches that can be employed during debates, interviews, or town hall meetings during campaign seasons. When one of the candidates realizes he or she will not be successful, the particular circumstances change and the person must craft a different kind of must craft different kinds of speeches. A concession speech, for example. In other words, their campaign for pre presidency and its many re related events necessitates the creation of various speeches. Rhetorical theorist Lloyd Bitzler, 1968, describes this as the rhetorical situation. Put simply, the rhetorical situation is the combination of factors that make speeches and other discourse meaningful and a useful way to change the way something is. Student government leaders, for example, speak or write to their students when their campaign is facing tuition or fee increases, or when students have achieved something spectacular, like lobbying campus administrators for lower student fees and succeeding. In either case, it is the situation that makes their speeches appropriate and useful for their audience of students and university employees. Moreover, they speak when there is an opportunity to change a university policy or to alter the way students think or behave in relation to a particular event on campus. But you need not run for president or student government in order to give a meaningful speech. On the contrary, Opportunities abound for those interested in engaging speech as a tool for change. Perhaps the simplest way to find a topic is to ask yourself a few questions. See the text box entitled Questions for Selecting a Topic for a few questions that will help you choose a topic. There are other questions you might ask yourself too, but these should lead you to at least a few topical choices. The most important work that these questions do is to locate topics within your pre-existing sphere of knowledge and interest. David Safarsky, 2010, also identifies brainstorming as a way to develop speech topics, a strategy that can be helpful if the questions listed in the text box did not yield an appropriate or interesting topic. Starting with a topic that you are already interested in will likely make writing and presenting your speech in a more enjoyable and meaningful experience. 
It means that your entire speech writing process will focus on something you find important and that you can uh, present this information to people who stand to benefit your speech. Once you have answered these questions and narrowed your responses, you're still not done selecting your topic. For instance, you might have decided that you really care about conserving habitat for bog turtles. This is a very broad topic and could easily lead to a dozen different speeches. To resolve this problem, speakers must also consider the audience to whom they will speak, the scope of their presentation, and the outcome they wish to achieve. If the bog turtle enthusiast knows that she will be talking to a local zoning board and that she hopes to stop them from allowing businesses to locate on the bog turtle habitat, her topic can be easily morphed into something more specific. Now her speech topic is two-pronged, bog, bog turtle habitat and zoning rules. Formulate the purpose statement. By honing in on a very specific topic, you begin the work of formulating your purpose statement. In short, a purpose statement clearly states what it is you would like to achieve. Purpose statements are especially helpful for guiding you as you prepare your speech. When deciding on main points, facts, and examples to include, you should simply ask yourself whether they are relevant not only to the topic you've selected, but also whether they support the goal you outlined in your purpose statement. The general purpose statement of a speech may be to inform, persuade, inspire, celebrate, mourn, or to entertain. Thus, it's important to frame a specific purpose statement around one of these goals. According to O'Hare, Stewart, and Rubinston, 2004, a specific purpose statement expresses both the topic and general speech purpose in action form and in terms of specific objectives you hope to achieve page 111. For instance, the bog tur turtle habitat activist might write the following specific purpose statement. At the end of my speech, the Clark County Zoning Commission will understand that locating businesses in bog tur turtle habitat is a poor choice with a range of negative consequences. In short, the general purpose statement lays out a, the broader goal of the speech while this specific purpose statement describes precisely what the speech is intended to do. Writing the thesis statement. The specific purpose statement is a tool that, will, that you will use to write your talk, but it is unlikely that it will appear verbatim in your speech. Instead, you will want to convert the specific purpose statement into a thesis statement, and you will share with your audience. A thesis statement encapsulates, encapsulates the main points of a speech in just a sentence. One sentence. I know your book says two, but it's just one sentence. And it is designed to give audiences a quick preview of what the entire speech will be about. This thesis statement for a speech, like the thesis statement of a research-based essay, should be easily identifiable and ought to very succinctly sum up the main points you will present. Moreover, the thesis statement should reflect the general purpose of your speech. If your purpose is to persuade or educate, for instance, the thesis statement should alert the audience members to its goal. The bog turtle enthusiast might prepare the following thesis statement based on her specific purpose statement. Bog tur turtle habitats are sensitive to a variety of activities, but land development is particularly harmful to unstable habitats. The Clark Zoning Commission should protect 
bog turtle habitats by choosing to prohibit business from locating in these habitats. In this example, the thesis statement outlines the main points and implies that the speaker will be arguing for certain zoning practices. Okay, and as a side note for this, um, from Dr. Trentini, this should be written in one sentence, and you can see that it is easy to merge those two sentences in one. Writing the body of your speech. Once you have finished the important work of deciding what your speech will be about, as well as formulating the purpose statement and crafting the thesis, you should turn your attention to writing the body of your speech. All of your main points are contained in the body, and normally this section is prepared well before you even or you ever write the introduction or conclusion. The body of your speech will consume the largest amount of time to present, and it is the opportunity for you to elaborate on facts, evidence, examples, and opinions that support your thesis statement, and do the work you have outlined in the specific purpose statement. Combine, combining these various elements into a cohesive and compelling speech, however, is not without its difficulties. The first of which is deciding which element to include and how they, how they ought to be organized to best suit your purpose. The main points of any speech are key pieces of information or arguments contained within the talk or presentation. In other words, the main points are what your audience should remember from your talk. Unlike facts or examples, main points are broad and can be encapsulated in just one sentence or two and represent the big ideas you want to convey to your audience. In general, speeches contain two to seven main points, Bauer 1990, that collectively lead to some understanding by the end of their speech. For informative speeches, main points might include historical details that advance a particular understanding of an event. For persuasive speech, however, your main points may be your separate arguments that, when combined, help make your case. When writing your main points, you may want to do so in a parallel structure. Parallel structure refers to the main points that are worded using the same structure, perhaps by starting with a common introductory clause, vertebra, vertebra, and sell now 2008. Main points do not stand alone. Instead, speakers must substantiate their main points by offering up examples, statistics, facts, anecdotes, or other information that continue to the audience's understanding of the main points. All of these things make up the subpoints, which are used to help prove the main points. This is where all your research and supporting information comes into play. Organizing styles. After deciding which main points and subpoints you must include, you can get to work writing up the speech. Before you do so, however, it is helpful to consider how you will organize the ideas. From presenting historical information in chronological order as a part of an informative speech to drawing a comparison between two ideas in a persuasive speech to offering up problems and solutions, there are many ways in which speakers can craft effective speeches. These are referred to as organizational styles or templates for organizing the main points of a speech. Chronological. When you speak about events that are linked together by time, it is sensible to engage the chronological organizational format. In a chronological speech, main points are delivered according to when they happened and can be traced on a calendar or clock. 
Arranging main points in a chronological order can be helpful when describing historical events to an audience, as well as when the order of events is necessary to understand what you wish to convey. Informative speeches about a series of events most commonly engage in the chronological style, as do many demonstrative speeches, e.g. how to bake a cake or build an airplane. Another time when the chronological style makes sense is when you tell the story of someone's life or career. For instance, about Oprah Winfrey might be arranged chronologically. See text box. In this case, the main points are arranged by following Winfrey's life from birth to the present time. Life events, birth, her early career, her life after ending the Oprah Winfrey show, are connected to according to when they happen and highlight the progression of Winfrey's career. Organizing the speech in a way illustrates the interconnectedness of life events. Topical. When the main points of your speech center on ideas that are more distinct from one or another, a topical organizational style may be engaged. In a topical speech, main points are are developed separately and are generally connected together within the introduction and conclusion. In other words, the topical style is crafted around main points and subpoints that are mutually exclusive but related to one another by the virtue of the thesis. It makes sense to use the topical style when elements are connected to one another because of their relationship to the whole. A topical speech about the composition of a newspaper company can be seen in the following text box. The main points are linked together by the fact that they are all a part of the same business. Although they re- are related in that way, the topical style illustrates the ways in which the four different departments function apart from one another. In this example, the topical style is a good fit because the four departments are equally important to the function of the newspaper. Spatial. Another way to organize the points of a speech is through spatial is through a spatial speech, which occurs, uh, which arranges main points according to their physical and geographic relationships. The spatial style is especially useful in organization style when the main point's importance is derived from its location or directional focus. In other words, when the scene or composition of a central aspect of the main points. Um, is the central aspect of the main points. The spatial style is appropriate to deliver key ideas. Things can be described from uh, top to bottom, inside to out, left to right, north to south, so on. Importantly, speakers using a spatial style should offer commentary about the placement of the main points as they move through the speech, or alerting the audience members to the location changes. For instance, A speech about the University of Georgia might be arranged spatially. In this example, the spatial organization frames the discussion in in terms of campus layout. The spatial style is fitting since the differences in the architecture and uses of space are related to particular geographic areas, making location a central organizing factor. As such, the spatial style highlights these location differences. Comparative. When you need to discuss the similarities and differences between two or more things, a comparative organizational pattern can be employed. In comparative speeches, speakers may choose to compare things a couple different ways. 
First, you can compare two things as a whole, discuss all the traits of an apple and then all the traits of an orange, since you could compare these things. Second, you could compare these things element by element, color of each, smell of each, and taste of each. Some topics that are routinely spoken about com comparatively include different cultures, different types of transportation, and even different types of coffee. A comparative speech outline about the Eastern and Western cultures could look like this. Okay, see figure. In this type of speech, the list of comparisons, which should be substantiated with further evidence, could go on for any number of main points. The speech could also compare how two or more things are more alike than one might think. For instance, speakers could discuss how sing singers Madonna and Lady Gaga share many of the sim similarities in both aesthetic style and in their music. Problem Solution Sometimes it is necessary to share a problem and solution with an audience. In these cases, in cases like these, the problem-solution speech is an appropriate way to arrange the main points of a speech. One familiar example of speeches organizes in this way is the political speeches that presidential hopefuls give in the United States. Often, candidates will begin their speech by demonstrating a problem created by, or at the very least, left unresolved by the incumbent. Once they have established their view of the problem, then they go go on to flesh out their proposed solution. The problem-solution style is especially useful when the speaker wants to convince the audience that they should take action in solving the problem. A political candidate seeking office might frame a speech using a problem-solution style. See text box. This example il illustrates the way in which a problem-solution-oriented speech can be used to identify both a general problem, energy crisis, and a specific problem, incumbent's lack of action. Moreover, this example highlights two kinds of solutions, a general solution and a solution that's dependent on the speaker's involvement. The problem-solution speech is especially appropriate when the speaker desires to promote a particular solution as this offers audience members a way to become involved. Whether you are able to offer a specific solution or not, a key the problem solution speech is a, key, is a clear description of both the problem and the solution with clear links drawn between the two. In other words, the speech should make specific connections between the problem and how the solution can be engaged to solve it. Causal. Similar to problem solution, a causal speech informs audience members about causes and effects that have already happened. In other words, a causal organizational style first addresses some cause and then shares what effects resulted. A causal speech can be particularly effective when the speaker wants to share the relationship between two things, like the creation of a vaccine to help deter disease. An example of how a causal speech about shing a shingles vaccine might be de designed as follows. See text box. As the il example illustrates, the basic components of the causal speech are the cause and the effect. Such an organizational style is useful when the speaker needs to share the results of a new program, discuss how one act led to another, or discuss the negative a positive negative consequences outcomes of take of of taking some action 
Choosing an organizational style is an important step in the speech writing process as you formulate the purpose of your speech and generate the main points that you need to include. Selecting an appropriate organizational style will likely become easier. The topical, spatial, causal, and comparative and chronological methods of arrangement may be better suited to informative speeches, whereas the refutational uh, speeches uh, may work well for a persuasive speech. Additionally, Chapter 16 offers additional organizational styles suited for persuasive speeches, such as uh, the uh, refuting speech and Monroe's motivated sequence, 1949. Next, we will look at statements that help you tie all your points together and the formal mode of organizing a speech by using outlines. Connecting your main points. Since main points are just discrete and interconnected ideas, and since every speech contains more than one main point, it is necessary to strategically make connections between one point and another. To link the ideas of your speech, you will need to develop signposts, uh, words, and gestures that allow you to move smoothly from one idea to the next throughout your speech, showing relationships between ideas and emphasizing important points. BB and BB, 2005, page 204. There are several ways to incorporate signposts into your speech, and it is important to do so since these small signals keep listeners engaged and informed about where you are in the speech. Transitional statements, internal previews, and summaries are all signposts that can help keep your speech moving along. One way to connect points is to include transitional statements. Transitional statements are phrases or sentences that lead from one distinct but connected idea to another. They are used to alert audiences to the fact that you are getting ready to discuss something else. When moving from one point to another, your transition may just be a word or a short phrase. For instance, you might say, next, also, moreover. You can also enumerate your speech points but, and signal transitions by starting each point with first, second, third, etc. The text box above offers a short list of transitional statements that are helpful when you need to show similarity or difference between the points. You might also incorporate nonverbal transitions, such as brief pauses or a movement across the stage pausing to look at your audience, stepping out from behind a podium, or even raising or lowering the rate of your voice can signal to the audience members that you are transitioning. Another way to incorporate signposts into your speech is by offering internal previews within your speech. Internal previews, like the name implies, lay out what will occur during your speech. They tell the audience what to expect. Because audience members cannot flip back and forth between pages, internal previews help them keep track and aware of what to be listening for and what to remember. Internal previews are similar to the preview statements you will learn about in the chapter on introductions and conclusions, chapter 9. Except that they appear within the body of your speech and are more small scale than the broad preview you should provide at the beginning of your speech. In general, internal previews are longer than transitional statements. If you were giving a problem-solution speech, you might include a variation of this internal preview. Now that I've described the problem, let's now discuss some ways that we can solve these issues. The internal preview offers a, 
a natural segue from problems to solutions and makes audience members aware that another point is about to be made. When speeches are longer than a few minutes and include complex ideas and information, speakers often include summaries within the, main, within the body of their speech. Summaries provide a recap of what's already been said, making it more likely that audiences will remember the points that they hear again. Additionally, summaries can be combined with internal previews to alert audience members that the next point builds on those that they have already heard. The speaker below has just finished discussing several reasons trout habitats need federal protection. And next, he will discuss some ways that the audience members can agitate the government action on these issues for government action on these issues. His combined internal preview and summary would look something like this. So in review, trout habitats need federal protection because they bear a large pollution burden and they mostly exist on private property and they are indicators of other environmental health issues. Next, I will discuss the ways uh, that you can encourage federal government to, the federal government to protect these habitats. In this example, the speaker first reminds the audience members of what he has already addressed and then tells them what he will talk about next. By repeating the main points in summary fashion, the speaker gives audience members another opportunity to consider his main points. Outlining your speech. Most speakers and audience members would agree that an organized speech is both easier to present as well as more persuasive. Public speaking teachers especially believe in the power of organizing your speech, which is why they encourage and often re require that you create an outline for your speech. Outlines or textual arrangements of all the various elements of a speech are, very are a very common way of organizing a speech before it's delivered. Most extemporaneous speakers keep their outlines with them during a speech as a way to ensure that they do not leave out any important elements and to keep them on track. Writing an outline is also important to the speech writing process since doing so forces the speakers to think about the main points and subpoints and the examples they wish to include um, and the ways in which elements correspond to one another. In short, the outline functions both as an organizational tool and as a reference for uh, delivering a speech. Outline types. There are two types of outlines. The first outline you will write is called the preparation outline, also called the working practice or rough outline. The preparation outline is used to work through the various components of your speech in an inventive format. Stephen E. Lucas, 2004, put it simply, the preparation outline is just what the name implies, an outline that helps you prepare the speech, page 248. When writing the preparation outline, you should focus on finalizing the purpose and thesis statement, logically ordering your main points, deciding where supporting material should, uh, should be included, uh, and refining the overall organizational pattern of your speech. As you write the preparation outline, you may find it necessary to rearrange your points or to add or subtract supporting material. You may also realize that some of your main points are sufficiently supported while others are lacking. The final draft of your preparation outline should include full sentences, making up a complete script of your entire speech. 
In most cases, however, the preparation outline is reserved for planning purposes only and is translated into a speaking outline before you deliver the speech. A speaking outline is the outline you will prepare for when delivering the speech. The speaking outline is much more succinct than the preparation outline and includes brief phrases or words that remind speakers of the points they need to make, plus supporting material and signposts, BB and BB 2005. The words or phrases used on the speaking outline should briefly encapsulate all the information needed to prompt the speaker to accurately deliver the speech. Although some cases call for reading a, sp a speech verbatim for the full sentence outline, in most cases, uh, speakers will simply refer to their speaking outline for quick reminders and to ensure that they do not omit any important information. Because it uses just words or short phrases and not full sentences, the speaking outline can be easily transferred to index cards that can be referenced during a speech. Outline structure. Because an outline is used to arrange all the elements of your speech, it makes sense that the outline itself has an organizational hierarchy and a common format. Although there are a variety of outline styles, generally they follow the same pattern. Main ideas are, are preceded by Roman numbers, subpoints are preceded by capital letters, and then Arabic numerals, and uh, finally lower cases. Each level of subordination is also differentiated by its predecessor by indenting a few spaces. Indenting makes it easier for you to find your main points, subpoints, and supporting points, and examples below them. Since there are three sections to your speech, introduction, body, and conclusion, your outline needs to include all of them. Each of these sections is titled and the main points start with Roman number. In addition to these formatting suggestions, there are some additional elements that, that should be included at the beginning of your outline. The title, topic, specific purpose, thesis statement. These elements are helpful to you, the speechwriter, since they remind you what specifically you're trying to accomplish in your speech. They are also helpful to anyone reading and assessing your, your outline since knowing, knowing what you want to accomplish will determine how they perceive the elements included in your outline. Additionally, you should write out tra the transitional statements that you will use to alert audiences that you're moving from one point to another. These are included in parentheses between main points. At the end of the outlines, you should include any bibliographic information for outside resources you mentioned during the speech. These should be cited using whatever citation style your professor requires. The text box entitled Outline Formatting Guide provides an example of the appropriate outline format. Preparation Outline. This chapter can, contains a preparation and speaking outlines for a short speech. Uh, the author of this chapter gave about how small organizations can work on issues related to climate change, see appendices, in this example, the title, specific purpose, the thesis, and list of visual aids precedes the speech. Depending on your instructor's requirements, you may need to include these details plus additional information. It's also a good idea to keep these details at the top of your document as you write the speech, since they will help you keep track, help you, <laughs> will help keep you on track to develop an organized speech that is in line with your specific purpose and helps prove your thesis. 
At the end of this chapter, in Appendix A, you can find a full-length example of a preparation full-sentence outline. Speaking outline. In Appendix B, the preparation outline is condensed into just a few short keywords or phrases that remind the speakers to include all of their main points and supporting information. The introduction and conclusion are not included since they will simply be inserted from the preparation outline. It is easy to forget your catchy attention-getter or final thoughts you have prepared for your audience, so it's best to include the full sentence version even in your speaking outline. Okay, using the speaking outline. Once you have prepared the outline and are almost ready to give your speech, you should decide how you want to format your outline for the presentations. Many speakers like to carry a stack of papers with them when they speak, but others are more comfortable with a smaller stack of index cards with the outline copied on them. Moreover, speaking instructors often have requirements on how you should format the speaking outline. Whether you decide to use index cards or the printed outline, here are a few tips. Write large enough so that you don't have to bring cards or pages close to your eyes to read them. Second, make sure you have the cards and pages in the correct order and they're bound together in some ways so they do not get out of order. Third, just in case these cards pages do get out of order, this happens often, be sure that you number each in the top right corner so you can quickly and easily get things organized. Fourth, try not to fiddle with the cards or pages when you're speaking. It's best to lay them down if you have a podium or table in front of you. If not, practice reading them in front of a mirror. You should be able to look down quickly, read the text, and then return your gaze to the audience. Conclusion If you've been using this chapter to guide you through the organizational stages of writing your speech, you have likely discovered that getting organized is challenging but also rewarding. Like cleaning up a messy kitchen or organizing your closet, doing the more tedious work of organizing your speech is an activity you will appreciate most once it's done. From the beginning stages of organization, like choosing a topic and writing a thesis statement, to deciding how best to arrange the main points of your speech and outlining, getting organized is one step toward an effective and engaging speech or presentation. Had Mag, the student mentioned in the opening anecdote, taken some time to work through the organizational process, it's likely her speech would have gone much more smoothly when she finished her introduction. It is very common for beginning speakers to spend a great deal of their time preparing catchy introductions, fancy PowerPoint presentations, and nice conclusions, which are all very important. However, the body of any speech is where the speaker must make effective arguments, provide helpful information, entertain, and the like. So it makes sense that speakers should devote a proportionate amount of time to these areas as well. By following this chapter, as well as studying the other chapters of this text, you should be prepared to craft interesting, compelling, and organized speeches.